sermon series on God's reason for the family. God's reason for the family. I believe this is the seventh message, right? Seventh message. And I think there's more coming. Amen. But what's God's reason for the family? God in Malachi says, I desire godly seed. That's the reason. Now notice this, that Satan didn't tempt Adam or Eve until the family became a family. God made a family. As soon as that family came into being, Satan knew this is it. So the family is so important. Father, we just ask for your presence. We know you're already here. Speak to our hearts. Fill our hearts with your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. So the family starts with a husband and the wife. That's number one. Husband and wife. No other person. Husband and wife, you're number one. Once you are married, even if you're, if you're so close to your mother or your father, that's got to die. The closest person to you is your wife or your husband. And fathers, husbands, your wife is number one in the whole world. Apart from God, the next person that should be the most important person in your life and the one that will make or break you amen <laughs> your wife depends on how you handle her your wife is the most important person <laughs> uh, i must have said something I <laughs> now when I keep talking, they look at my wife like, how is she, how is she handling her? <laughs> Please don't go there. <laughs> well, husband and wife, so important to God. You see, the first institution God set in place, number one, is so important to Him. And if you don't handle that relationship well, actually the first number one relationship, which apart from the relationship with God, the number one. Husband and wife. God wants us to be primary. And if you don't make it primary, it some, it may not, you may not see the effect now. But in the future, it will either show up in the kids down the line because you didn't handle this relationship precious, as precious as God wants it to be. You and your wife are number one. The rest of them are strangers including your mother and your father. You need to take care of them, every one of them. If you don't put it in the way God wants it, it's not going to work for you. So husbands, we've talked about wives, you know, respecting their husbands. Respecting their husbands, that's so important. You need to respect your husband. That's the tool God has given to you as a wife to make him respect, honor your husband. But for the husband, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning from verse 25, Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, 
that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies bodies he who loves his wife loves himself so the instrument that god has given to the man to make his wife a glorious being on the earth is love that's the instrument Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself. The giving of himself was a sacrificial giving of himself for the church. So the husband ought to give everything. No other thing matters. You give totally. Jesus gave everything, even his own life for the church. Meaning your wife should know that. That's why we worship him. That you are willing to give anything when it relates to her. In other words, you touch that woman and you're dead. Because of that love. It's so strong. You're willing to give. You're willing to give. No, no, nothing can be too big. Nothing can be too precious to let go. When it relates to your wife. But then he says, Christ gave himself, in verse 1, is that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word. And that's kind of curious because he talks about giving himself so that the, the church can be cleansed. And the way he do, does that is through the word. Husbands. Your words to your wife. Very important. You want your wife to be without spot or wrinkle. Your words to her. Very important. That's the tool that you use to sanctify and cleanse her. Your words. Your words. You know, I never understand how important, after I read this scripture and my eyes were open, now I understand. You know, I'll go to a meeting and stay in the meeting for two hours. Just, you know, through the meeting. I get back home and Angela says, what happened? And I give her one line, one line, just a few sentences and it's over. She says, that's it? I say, yeah. And she says, that's all you spent two hours? She wants to hear more. How many men can conclude with that. Men don't want to talk. Irina is constantly reporting Pastor Andy to me. He doesn't tell me anything. Right? <laughs> and I said, I guess Angela will report me to Pastor Andy. He doesn't tell me anything. And Angela says, I, everybody in the church knows about what's going on before I get to know. I said, well, that's not true. But then I go to a meeting and I get back home and Angela says, what happened? How was the meeting? It was good. She says, what happened? Well, uh, Pastor Andy said this and this other person said that. And then I walk away and says, is that all? Talk to me. Talk, talk. And I said, you don't tell me anything. I said, that's, that's all. What more do you want to hear? It's over. Jesus, you spent two hours, and that's all you got to tell me. And she keeps asking questions, questions after questions. 
And I kept wondering, what's this? What's this talk about? I already gave you the summary. Be okay, lady. <laughs> now I will go with my brother-in-law when it's all over. <laughs> I'm not going back home. <laughs> now I realize that words mean so much to women. Amen? Words of love. I read somewhere that for a woman that there is a latent feeling of whether or not the husband is truly in love. You keep saying it, I love you, and they, they want to hear more of it. That's what I've read. They want to hear more, I love you. And you need to follow through with actions because that's the cleansing. You are the savior of the woman. Some women came into your life or your wife may have come into your life bruised because of the things that she's experienced, you know. But God has brought that into your life. And I've been able to experience that in this church where a man stood with his wife. And that's so precious until this beautiful thing that God has given to you becomes glorious. And the way you do it is with your words, your actions, reaffirming your number one. No man should ever say to his wife, you should never, you are, uh, I hold back. You're dumb, let me say. <laughs> if you ever tell your wife, you're going to let go. If you do this, I'm going to divorce you. You, you, got, you don't have an understanding. Just saying it is doing so much damage, you cannot imagine. You think you're trying to get you know, over because you are in argument. Now you're angry and you can't control your own spirit. And you let those words come out of your mouth. And you're telling her, if I had known, I wouldn't have. You shouldn't say a thing like that. You damage somebody that God created. If you say, rather, if there is a second world and God allows us to marry, you'll be it. That's better. That's making her glorious. She needs to feel like she's beautiful because of your words. I don't care about any other woman. Just you. Amen? You are the most important person. Your words. And that's what the Bible tells us here. It says, through the washing of the water of the word. So it's the word that God uses. Words are so powerful. You are telling your wife things, and you are making proclamation, and life and death are in the power of the word. So you let her know how glorious she is, and you speak those things because you represent Christ, and as you speak those things, guess what you get? You get what you're speaking. But if you're constantly putting her down and saying evil things to her, you're good for nothing, you can't do anything, whatever you want to say from your mouth, guess what you get? What you're saying, and you're destroying your own self. The more you encourage her, the more you make her feel important in her life, because of who she is in your life, the more glorious she is to God and to the world. She can do more. That's what the Word of God tells us. We should watch what we say to our wives. If you read in First Peter chapter 3, this is so important. It says, Husbands, 
likewise dwell with them with understanding or dwell with them according to knowledge. Dwell with your wife's husband, dwell likewise, dwell with them, your wives, according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife as to a weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life. That's very important, I'm coming to that. That your prayers may not be hindered. Two things. <laughs> if you want to make it with God, what do you have to have? Knowledge of His Word. It's so important. So what must you do? You must study His Word. You can't rise higher than your knowledge of God's Word. God wants you to study and know His Word. Guess what other thing God wants you God wants you to study and know your wife. Amen? Live with her according to knowledge. God is not asking you to study or know any other woman but your wife. Know what makes her happy. Amen? Live with your wife according to knowledge. How do you gain this knowledge about your wife? You gain it by going to the Word of God. God will give you understanding and more so from His Holy Spirit in your life as you seek understanding to know this woman because your duty as the Savior of the home is to make sure this woman becomes a glorious woman without spot or wrinkle. You see, sometimes you've seen it in life. A woman who has been abused, right, by a man, gets married again to another man, and guess what? Because the other one abused, verbally abused, she's damaged goods, and she can make it even with the second guy. And she's when I'm trying to be nice to you. Why can't you understand? Because of what happened. And once you know that, you recognize that as the husband, that yes, there's a problem here. Then you set yourself in as the Savior. Amen? You begin to study God's Word. You begin to study your wife. And say, what's going on here? How can I help to make this woman? And guess what? When you're helping her, guess who you're, who you're really helping? You're helping yourself. Because as you help her, God will begin to bless your family and make your family. You know, that's what the Bible is talking about here. He said, you must, honor your, you must honor your wife. It's so important. Honor her as the weaker verse. That's the way God made her. And Paul will allude to that. He says, the woman was the one that was tempted. It wasn't the man. But you recognize that. So you know your wife needs protection. Physical, emotional, spiritual protection. You are going to be the spiritual leader of your home. So the only way to do that is to know the book. You can't be a savior of your wife without knowing the book. So I'm encouraging Father, bury yourself in the word of God. So that when troubles come, you, you, your wife is shaking and you are shaking as well. Both of you flaky. 
She's looking up to you to see if there is going to be some strength. But there is no strength because of trouble that's coming to your home. You got no understanding. There is no strength coming from you to make the woman say, yes, we can trust God. My husband believes in God. We'll trust God together. Something good is going to happen. Come out of this. That's going to be the man. Women, this problem comes and they're emotional. They get down. You can get down. You get down if you don't know the word. You get down just like her. You're crying over here. She's crying over there. Cry babies. But you know your God. And you are able to minister to her and share with her and make her come back alive again. And strong because God's going to work. Notice he says the woman is supposed to be honored. You're supposed to honor her. Why? Because oh, apart from being the weaker vessel, he says because she is an heir also together in this grace of life. And then he added that your prayer may not be hindered. What is he talking about here? When you disrespect your wife, guess what's going to be happening to your family? Guess what's going to be happening to your finances? Every, way, every area of your life. What's going to be happening to the children as well? Because the greatest gift that you can give to your children is to make sure that they know you love their mother. That's the greatest security you can give to your children. Once the children know that two of you are together, no matter what, and you are in love, you know, you see, daddy's trying to kiss mommy, and the children say, leave my mommy alone. They, can, they really love that. They, they, because that's so much security for them. But the scripture talks about to heirs together in life and prayer not being hindered. The, the reason for that is, if a man finds a wife, he finds what? A good thing and obtains what? Favor. That's life. You obtain favor just by finding this woman, making that woman your wife. All of a sudden, heaven is open to you with favor. And so if you don't have knowledge and don't know how to act properly towards your wife, and there is discord in the home, and you're using all this bad language and cursing both of you, guess what? Where is the grace of life? No grace, no favor. And so what's going to happen to your prayers? Most of the time, I know when, when, I'm not, when my wife and I, uh, we are not uh, perfect, amen? Maybe it's no good news for you, <laughs> but that's just the truth. We're not. But occasionally, when we have problems between us, it's hard to pray. <laughs> I called Jesus seven times; he's still not working. <laughs> and I'm asking God, I, I'd like to come into Your presence, but uh, I, I did. I, I'm not sure. Uh, what can I do? Maybe I should go home first. And humble and eat the humble pie and, and, and beg for forgiveness. Why are we so proud? Why is it so difficult to say I'm sorry? You know why? To your wife or to your husband? Because Satan wants it that way. He's got you in the place where he wants you. 
So he can damage your family, your relationship with your husband, and then go after your kids. You let it be. So when that's happening, your prayers are hindered. It's not only that God won't hear your prayer. You don't even feel like praying. And if you're praying, it's just like you're speaking to the ceiling and it's full right, coming right back at you. So you've got to find a way to get into his presence. It's so important that we know this. Serving God is important that you honor your wife and, if, and to know her. If you don't, then all you have is you don't know her. Before long, you start getting bitter. That's what the Bible says in Colossians 3 verse 19. Husband, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. When you get bitter, there's no love. Love is gone. And if love is not in the home, God is not there. Satan is coming to your home. You can get bitter. Now, fathers, a minute close because of time. But let me share one thing with you. Your influence on your kids is so great. It's greater than what you know. They're watching. They're watching everything that you do. The Bible talks about fathers and their children and raising their children. It says in Ephesians 6 verse 4, And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So it is speak to the mothers, even though it seems like the mothers take more role in raising kids in the home. But when God speaks, he's speaking to the father. Why is that the case? Because the children are influenced even more by their father than their mom. Their future depends on what they see in that. I just read yesterday the research that when it comes to drug use, delinquency, conduct, if there is father's love, those things don't happen to those kids more often. The researchers said we need to search this more because it, didn't, it doesn't make sense. That if, if there's father and there's father's love, father is present, father is hugging the kids, and please hug your kids, amen? Hug them. We are a huggy family in my family. We hug all the time. I told you, we wear you out with hugs. Yes. But we hug and we kiss. You know, that's just the way it is. I'm not afraid to let them know I love them. I tell them that all the time. I love you, son. I, even after scolding them, regarding then I turn around. I love you, son. And he know he doesn't know whether to believe that or not, but I, because I just scolded him, regard. But I still love him, amen. I say those words because words are powerful. You love them, and it says Father's love will stop them from bad conduct. They do well in school. Father's love more so than mother's love will help them stay out of criminal activities, criminal conduct, just father's love, just father being there and showing concern, as opposed to mothers. Their lives depend on that. Let me share this with you. You had that in your bulletin this morning. You got that. Um, He says here, if you will read with me, Concerning church going and how kids will respond in life. 
I'm speaking to the Father so you know how important this is. Because when you're gone, you're gone. What happens to your kids and how they turn out in life depends on what you do. And we do know that if kids stay in church and they hear good words and they're around good people, they'll become good in life. But look at this, what they say here. This is a study done in a, a, a Swiss study by the uh, Swiss government. They said this study was done. It's, it talks about um, whether or not children will be regular in church attendance. It depends on what the, the father and the mother are doing. It's in the part, part one of it. It's mother, father attend church regularly. If that's happening, then 33% of their children will end up attending church regularly. If both father and mother, they're doing that regularly, then the children will do that. 41%, so it increases over time, 41% of their children will end up attending church irregularly. So just because father and mother, and then 23, 25% of their children will never go to church. Now, the second part of it, mother attends church regularly, father attends church irregularly. How many percent of children will go to church with time? Just 3%. Mother is regular, but father is not going regularly. Only 3% will go. 59% of the children will end up attending church irregularly. They go to church, but it's off and on. And 38% of them, notice how it increased, 38% of them, those children, will never go to church. Now, look at what happens when mother attends church regularly and father does not attend church at all. The number drops from 2%. I mean, 3% to 2%. And 37 of their children will end up attending church irregularly. So that's dropped also. And 60%, that's going from 38 to 60% of their children will end up not going to church at all. Now, if you look at... The number two part, mother attending church regularly and father attending irregularly. I want you to compare that with the next one. Father attending church regularly, okay, and mother attending irregularly. Now, when mother, when father attended irregularly, only 3% of their children went to church. Now, notice, when father attends regularly... And the mother attends irregularly, 38% will attend. So we're going from 3% to 38% when father goes to church. Even if mother is irregular. 3% to 38%. Now, the last one, I want you to compare when mother attends church regularly... And father doesn't go to church at all. Only 2% will go to church. Now, if you go to father attending church regularly and mother doesn't attend at all, the number of children that will go to church or the percentage of children going to church regularly is what? 44%. From 2% to 44%. With mother... 
not going at all to father, a mother being the regular one, to father being the regular one. So you can see the difference there. Fathers, the point I'm trying to make to you, what you do really has great influence on your kids. It's very, very important. We're talking about church attenders that could go to any area of life. What they see in you and what you're doing is going to affect their lives. More so than what they see with, happening with their mother. So you have a very significant role in the raising of your children as men. Stand up with me this morning. I guess I'll, I need you all to sit down, please. Forgive me. Forgive me. We have, we have gifts for the, the fathers, and I was too excited about <laughs> preaching that came. <laughs> I apologize. I told you I'm not perfect, right? <laughs> so we have gifts for the fathers. Please uh, receive your gift. Angela, that's my gift. <laughs> I am the father. <laughs> Amen. How like uh, husbands and wives, if you, if your husbands now, if your wife's here, I need you to come up here. And stand with me as we close. Husbands, your wife's here. I need you to be here. Stand up here with me. With your wives. With your wife, I said. Not just you. I just don't need just you here. What would I do with you? Excuse me. <laughs> I need your wife here with you. <laughs> I need you to stand with your wife. And, um, Angela, you want to come up here? <laughs> you're not going to rebel. You're not going <laughs> to. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Listen, God put both of you together. I'd like you to look at your wife, husbands, and yes. You remember how excited you were when you found it first? That's beautiful. Keep it that way. Keep it that way. I want you to make a commitment to God today. The reason I'm saying this, I want you to remember. Especially because you are Christians. Your children are holy. God has set them apart for himself. You belong to him. They, they are his. Have no fear about your children. Because God is taking care of them. When they act bad, 
Don't worry about it. Do what you can. Leave the rest for him. He'll take care of them. They're not going anywhere. They belong to him. Satan cannot have them. In the same way, your finances, your relationship, everything that relates to you, God is there for you. Remember, he is your Lord. He is the shepherd. You will not want. Two is better than one. Don't go alone. You need your partner. And with your partner, no one can stop you. There's nothing that both of you decide you want to do that you can't do if God is placed in His rightful place in your home and you're serving Him with all of your heart. You are a blessed family, every one of you. Um, if, if, if your family member is feeling sick, I need your husband or the wife, lay your hands. We're going to pray. If it's a financial issue, today God will see that there's a miracle coming your way, whatever it is. I need the congregation. Would you stretch your hands over here to this as we pray? Father God, I thank you. I present every husband and every wife in this congregation right now especially those that are standing right in front of me here. Lord, I present them to you. We ask that you receive us, O God, and make out of our lives what you plan for us. Help us not only to find that destiny, but to occupy in the name of Jesus. Let your grace and the favor of God that you promise to a man who finds a wife, let that favor be upon your children now in the name of Jesus for every area of life. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I bless them in your name. And they are blessed because they are blessed in your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can go back and sit. But I'm not through yet. I'm just going to go as I feel led. Those of you that are single women and uh, you're looking for a husband or a single man and you really want a, a wife, can I see you up here? Yeah. Hey. Will you... <laughs> I used to ask for prayer without apology. I need a wife. <laughs> so if that's what you need, join me here. Where's Jonathan? Come here. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on. Come on down. <laughs> what is he doing? He said, Come here. <laughs> Amen. If you don't have the desire, may the Lord baptize you with the desire. <laughs> All right. Jay, he ran to the bathroom? No. God help him. <laughs> Come on, eh? Stretch your hand.
Jason is playing the keyboard. Leave that keyboard. We play it himself. <laughs> now, if you come back next week with somebody, I'm going to be praying real hard. No, <laughs> Stretch your hands towards these individuals right now. We pray. Father, thank you. It is your will. You said it's not good for a man to be alone. And the same thing applies to a woman. It's not good. You want man and a woman to be together unless you have a different plan for the man or the woman. You said everyone will find your mate. That's what your word says. And I declare in the name of Jesus that these will find your mate. The man will find the woman as your word says. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. We're going to be expecting a miracle. Stand up with me, every one of you. <laughs> Amen. If any teenager had come back, I would have <laughs> go back there. <laughs> You're not ready yet. Lift your hands up to the Lord this morning. And let's, let's thank God for his goodness to us. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness. We know that, God, you are with us. And if God is with us, no one can be against us. No circumstance can be against us. We are always victorious. We are more than conquerors, according to your word. I bless the families of our church. I declare the families of our church, they're going to become great in this land. Lord, that they will occupy their promised land. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.